All right. I'm so excited for our next guest. He is the Adam Schefter of Portal News, the Adrian Wojnarowski of College Football Player Movement, and he joins us live on the Plank Show. Chris Hummer from 24-7 Sports is in the house. All right, so Chris, I've joked. Seems like it's calmed down a little bit. Is that what the portal wants us to think? Is it ready to strike again with some craziness in the next few days, or, or have we kind of settled here a little bit? Um, for my sleep schedule, I hope we settled a little bit for sure, or settled a little <laughs> bit for sure. Um, I think I think we saw a huge rush on Monday, an unprecedented rush. Um, we have never seen volume like that before in a single day, and everything after that will feel calm. But we're still seeing like 50 names a day in the portal at least, so it hasn't slowed down that much, um, including some really good players um, who have entered. So I think we'll see. I think we'll see a pretty steady trickle for the next couple of weeks, and I think we'll see another wave um, around bowl season after players are done. Um, we'll see another wave once the playoffs end, um, and those players have the option to explore their next opportunity, and we'll definitely have another wave in the spring. So we're, we're nowhere close to being done. So, Chris, with that in mind, how big do you expect that post-spring practice wave to be? Um, I think it'll be pretty significant. It hasn't been huge in the past because there's just not the volume of players who move right after fall, but this is the time when players know where they sit on the depth chart. It's the time where players can last leverage um, their teams for NIL deals, which I think will be significant because um, you can really, in the spring, if you choose to leave, you can really screw your team over because it's difficult to replace you that late in the process. Um, so I, I definitely think we'll see some movement um, that time of year. Not as significant as we're seeing now, but um, maybe I think we could see some really good prep players leverage themselves that time of year. Hey, Chris, I'm, I'm curious just in general on timing now because obviously we're the home of Sooner fans. We cover Oklahoma. They got 16 guys in the portal. I don't really know if any of those are a surprise and people freak out over a number because, you know, Unfortunately, Bryson Washington, Josh Wheaton, names like that never panned out, and we'll have a better shot somewhere else. What's weird about it for me, though, is how slow the trickle has been to having guys commit. Is this a process that will continue to drag out? Um, I mean, or is this just going to be the norm? Am I, like, wanting too much information and too much content too quickly where guys are in the portal and it really seems like some are, are taking a lot of time here? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, just frankly, it's only been, what is it, today's Thursday, I know. Right? Like, I'm gonna, it's been two I'm days. Gonna, right? Yeah. Like, it's only been four days since Monday, and, like, most of these kids are not going to take OVs until the weekend. I think we'll see a ton of movement this weekend in terms of committing because how, of how condensed the cycle is. Obviously, or the early signing period is December 21st, and that's only, what, like, 14 days away. So players do have to move quickly, but... I think a lot of these guys definitely want to at least see a campus or two before they jump in and make that decision. But I get the feeling we will see a flurry of commitments um, sooner rather than later for sure. We're hanging out with Chris Hummer, 24-7 Sports, on Twitter at Chris underscore Hummer. All right, it's going to be the norm, right? It's going to be the norm. It's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are in the portal, and we're trying to educate ourselves more on – all right, is there a true price tag there? I mean, is this, even though NIL and 
uh, collectives aren't supposed to be used for persuading guys to go to schools. I mean, are guys like Spencer Sanders and the 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 Hudson Cards of the world are they seeing high six seven figure offers to go places? I mean, is that there for them? Um, I would be. I mean, maybe. Um, I think Spencer will be an interesting market to follow. Um, I think he's a very good quarterback, but um, I think he's definitely still has some things to prove, and he's kind of in that Bo Nix kind of mold, a former highly recruited, highly hyped player who has played a lot of football but has also shown some deficiencies at times. I think Hudson's probably right there with him. Um, Hudson's going to have a ton of schools after him. I talked to his trainer earlier today. Um, he's definitely heard from over 20 schools already, but I don't wow. think – I don't think they're in position to like necessarily demand a high high NIL deal, but I certainly think they'll be compensated. If you're seeing guys end up with NIL deals, it'll be at places like Florida that are going to make a big splash on that front and could pay up to seven figures for potentially a high-profile quarterback, potentially. But um, I think this cycle lacks some of the high-end talent we saw last cycle. Obviously, um, y'all are very familiar with Caleb Williams. He's probably a future top-three draft pick. Um, he was that type of talent who commanded like high seven figures uh, for a deal. Quinn Ewers was the same way. Um, we don't quite have that level of player in the portal, at least right now. Um, and it's it's still early. There could be more movement. When you look at some of the names that have already entered the transfer portal, Chris, who who should Oklahoma fans maybe have on their radar? And what should Oklahoma be looking to upgrade its roster out of the portal with? Um, yeah, I mean, Tathan McCullough is the first name that comes to mind. Um, Indiana edge rusher, linebacker hybrid. Um, he was Indiana's top recruit in history um, as part of the 2022 class. Um, he's the number eight player in our transfer portal rankings right now. I've heard very good things about um, him in Oklahoma. I know the guys on the ground for the Oklahoma 247 side of as well, Brandon Drum and Parker Thune, they do a great job. Um so I think Oklahoma's a great shot there. Uh, Austin Stogner's a familiar name. I wouldn't be shocked if <laughs> Oklahoma fans got to talk about him a little bit more. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we saw last year Oklahoma has some holes it definitely needs to fill. Um, Oklahoma needs a running back, I believe. Oklahoma definitely needs upgrades on defense at a couple spots. Um, so I think the Sooners will be pretty busy. So with that – with that in mind, you kind of hit Florida. Last year it was USC. Uh, anyone else in your mind, just from a school, Chris, that you're starting to hear could be maybe more active than others when it comes to to the portal and bringing in guys? Um, I'm sorry. Could you repeat that last part? I apologize. Oh, no, no. I just, you, you had mentioned Florida as being a team, right, that you feel could be active. Is there anyone else that you see that could be overly active in the portal uh, over the next couple of days and bringing guys in? Yeah, I've – I mean, there's going to be a ton. Um, I think most schools right. will be extremely active. Like, TCU, like, in the same conference, is going to be super active. That's Sonny Dykes' history. Um, I expect Texas Tech to be super active in the portal. Um, SMU, right down the road, is going to have to be very active in the portal. They always are. Oklahoma State has no choice after what's happened <laughs> the last couple of weeks. I know uh, Mike Gundy is a developmental program coach, but they have some holes to fill. Um, absolutely. So, yeah, a lot of schools. Um, Florida, definitely going to be active in the portal. Florida State's always active in the portal. Miami is 
extremely active um, in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> UCLA, super active team in the portal. USC is going to be super active. Um, a lot of schools are going to be taking anywhere from like five to 15 transfer portal players. Wow. We're hanging out with Chris Hummer of 24-7 Sports, National College Football writer. You're probably, many of you out there, familiar transfer portal. He's getting us up to date on that. Chris, I keep hearing this this thought, not necessarily from yourself. Maybe you feel this way and curious to get your thoughts on that. But one of the thoughts that I keep hearing from different people is that, okay, well, yeah, the transfer portal is really, really crazy right now. Or it was really, really crazy last season, but after this COVID year, after those sorts of uh, parts of everybody's roster, after that finds its way through, it's not going to be as crazy. I'm kind of the opposite on that. Maybe the numbers won't be as as wild as they are right now, but I just don't think until we see legislation, the transfer portal's going away from what it looks like right now. So where do you stand with all of that in the transfer portal, its future? How do you feel about it going forward for college football? Um, I mean, I don't, I mean, it's kind of an interesting dichotomy. I think in a lot of ways, it's great for the interest in the sport. Obviously, like for people like me, it's great for like just reporting on the sport. It's great for driving interest in the sport. I don't necessarily think it's healthy for the long-term dynamics of the sport to see this much movement. It's kind of like NBA free agency. It's almost a problem when people are more interested in what's happening off the field than on the field. Um, so that is something to consider long-term. Um, I also think it's generally bad for the student-athletes. Um, the numbers in terms of players who end up getting to stay on the Power 5 and FBS level are really bad. Um, it's less than 50% um, for scholarship guys, um, at least it has been in years past. Um, I definitely think we need some sort of control over the process, but right now the NCAA isn't really in a position to enforce anything. Um, they're very scared of being sued for stuff, and justifiably so, given the court cases they've lost recently. So I don't think they're in position to reduce the supply at all. They've tried to reduce the demand somewhat um, with some of the rules they've made. But, yeah, unless we see wholesale legislation and changes to the sport, such as a salary cap or players actually getting paid as, like an actual salary, um, I think we'll continue to see movement like this. All right. Um... One more for me, one from uh, one more from Josh, and we'll get you out of here. Chris Hummer, 24-7 sports in the portal. I want to talk specifically about a guy, and, and it's an Oklahoma guy, and that's Theo Wees. You know, it's it's unfortunate when you look back at that class, Chris, that had Hazelwood, Trajan Bridges, and Theo Wees. You know, they, they had moments, but all ended up finishing their careers somewhere else. Just out of curiosity, because I'm a fan and I want to see him do well, what do you see – what do you see his opportunities? I mean, could he land at a USC? Could he land at a Florida? Um, or is he better off maybe looking group of five right now? What do you see for Theo Wees? Um, I actually asked somebody about Theo earlier today. Um, they hadn't heard much to this point. I don't think he's going to have upper-level Power 5 opportunities unless he's going to be a depth piece for those schools um, to this point. Um, I could be surprised. Um, you never know, and um, schools also always have different needs than others. Um, but I don't expect him to be one of the elite players in the portal this cycle at the receiver position for sure. But um, mm. I still think he could be a difference maker. Um, but we've 
I mean, we saw it last year with Jaden Hazelwood. He was like very good at Arkansas, but he wasn't. He never really quite lived up to what a lot of people thought he would be. And I think Theo is kind of on that same path. Um, he's a very good college receiver. I just don't think he's going to be a great one if that's and that, at this point. And there's nothing wrong with that. There really right. isn't. Like, not everybody's going to be an NFL superstar. Not everybody's going to be a high round draft pick. But um, Theo's been very good. He's just had some injury luck that's been very bad, and I think that kind of affects him. So I would be remiss to not ask for my moonlighting gig in addition to the home of Sooner fans here covering the Iowa Hawkeyes. What do you think? Iowa fans are pretty pumped up about Cade McNamara. Where does that one rank for you in terms of transfer portal moves, and how is the fit right there on both sides? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good fit. Um, I'll be interested to see what it means for Iowa's offense as a whole because I don't think Cade takes that job without – some sort of assurance that the offense will change a little bit. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with Brian Ferenz. Um, but I, I think it's a very good move. I think he's certainly an upgrade over Spencer Petras. Or um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the backup this year. Um, he's in the portal as well. Um, that's just uh, transfer portal mush right now in terms of names. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a I think it's a really good addition. Like he was very good for Michigan last year. He just got beat out by a more talented player. But I think he can help Iowa a lot. I believe Eric All, Michigan's former tight end, is also visiting campus this weekend. Um, he's a draft pick at tight end if he's healthy. I think if you land those two and maybe one or two impact players at receiver and you make a change at offensive coordinator, things could look quite different for Iowa. Like who know, I mean, like who knows? We just saw Wisconsin hire Phil Longo, who runs the air raid. So the Big Ten West is changing in terms of the way it's structured, and maybe, maybe Iowa's offense will change with it. Christian, the man. I always appreciate your time and your work. Um, learned so much about the portal and where guys are going from you, and I know you're grinding away. So it's appreciated. Thank you, and we really appreciate your time here in Norman. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to hop on. Thanks so much. See you, buddy. Chris Hummer with the 24-7 Sports Network. Really, really good dude when it comes to understanding not just the transfer portal, but where, where are we going and where we're heading and – where we've been. I'm a fan. Give him a follow at Chris underscore Hummer, and he is all over, all over the latest, greatest portal news. I think he's right, though, too, Josh. I don't think we're going to have this massive wave after spring, but there could be a substantial name or two that could really, listen, I'm not trying to get too dramatic here, but it could really kind of implode a team's chances. If you lose, if your starting quarterback gets sideways with a coach, and enters the portal or gets a little birdie in his ear that, hey, um, you know, X school over here, they've got like 2.5 mil. If you want to get in that portal, you know, they weren't impressed with their freshman after the spring. So I just, I think that's going to be a terrifying world for unhappy uh, for coaches and, and even slightly unhappy quarterback if something like that happens. Because once you get through spring ball, what are you going to do, man? It's going to be tough. Much more bad, I think, than good, typically, right? When you start talking about right. the transfers after spring football. Mm. All right, quick break. When we come back, we'll do a mini MINI edition of the top five stories of the day, brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Thanks to Chris Hummer. Joey Helmer coming up at the bottom of the hour as we come to you live from Cavens Construction on a Thursday. Look at Cavens on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and they're all about the community donated $10,000 to the United Way 
just this Monday. Community, one-stop shop. They can handle it all. Cavens Construction. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref. I'm not going to lie, Josh. I'm kind of in right now on this volleyball that's going on during the show. I don't remember this from last year, but the volleyball regional semifinals are currently taking place during our fair radio program. I'm looking forward to being at one of these and doing our show live before OU plays. Let's go, LG Dub. Let's go. Uh, I'm currently watching Minnesota and Ohio State. I feel like, call me crazy, that there is a lot of Big Ten teams in the regional semifinal. (laughs) So there you go. You want to be good in the Big 12? All right, in the Big Ten, better have volleyball. Any big takeaways from Chris Hummer's conversation, Josh? Anything that really kind of caught your ear or eye? Didn't seem like he was super freaked out over what uh, Oklahoma had lost in the portal, right? Yeah, absolutely. It didn't seem like it was a situation where, for him, he looked at it and said, Ooh, oh, no, Oklahoma. Like, some tried to, right? But it's just, I think, for the most part, I think everyone kind of gets where Oklahoma is. All right, it's 1124 on the Plank Show. Little mini rendition of the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers come to play. Josh, obviously, to me, a big story this morning is that not only is Baker Mayfield going to be suited up tonight, but there is a chance that he might play in the game tonight. In fact, there is a chance that Baker Mayfield might start for the Los Angeles Rams tonight. Now, again, this goes against one of my foundational takes. I am a firm believer that it is impossible for a quarterback to pick up an offense in less than a week or two. But Sean McVay talked about it. It might be necessary for the Rams right now with their quarterback situation. The injury to John Wolford and what well, the the kid out of Virginia got hurt too, Bryce Perkins. As far as his status for tomorrow, we're working through that kind of stuff. Um, we just finished up. I mean, he literally just got here last night. Really, we felt like it, it upgraded our quarterback room, gives us a chance to uh, to have him in the building, and, and we'll see how it goes, and we'll take it a day at a time. A little more on the Rams' new number 17. When you have a player of his caliber come available and you look at just the circumstances and the situation surrounding our quarterback room, we felt like it was the right move for us. Um, he's a guy that I've always respected his game, liked a lot of things that he brings to the table. What do you think, Josh? Do you think we see a little Baker Mayfield tonight? I'd be surprised if we didn't. I mean, he's clearly the best option they've got. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? Oh, no, my dog is completely dug out an area in our backyard. I'm going to be in big trouble, Josh, whenever I get home. Oh, no. All right, I need to move on quickly here. Let's um, let's look at a couple of other big stories in the NFL. I made the mistake of leaving the dog out this morning, and I think I'm about to get in big trouble for it. All right, um, the Titans yesterday moved on from their general manager. Timing is weird. How much did the, uh, I guess, the way the game went down in Philadelphia Sunday, did that have any impact at all on the timing of this decision? You know, I, I know that Amy informed me of the decision, and I can't speak to the timing of it. I can't speak to the decision of it you know so i'm sorry i can't help you (laughs) 
But you want to you want to expand a little bit more on that, Mike Vrabel? Change is never easy, but we we realize that we all have a job to do. And that job is evaluated each and every day. I told the team this. I met with the, all the staff, and that you know, we have a personal relationship with John, everybody here in some capacity. And so our, our personal feelings aren't what's important. Uh, what's important is that we respect and understand the decision, and that we you know move forward aligned and do everything that we can to prepare our players and and be great for them as we go out against the Jaguars at home uh, with a division team. <laughs> Jaguars. I just want to start. The, not the Jaguars as we go out against Jaguars at home. Uh, and then one other NFL note. Am I still the only one that's kind of surprised by this? Like, I thought John Robinson did a pretty good job as their general manager, didn't you? Well, it's a team that's going to win its division and – is a legitimate factor in the AFC. So, yeah, he's, you know, roster construction seemingly has, has done a pretty good job. I get the A.J. Brown thing, but, man, it's just uh, – there's got to be more going on there. And Vrabel, what do you expect him to say? I mean, what what else can right. he add about the situation? It's the owner that you need to talk to. By the way, Josh, I just sent you a picture of my dog and apparently what my shower looks like right now. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much trouble do you think I'm in whenever I go home? Yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good. I think I'm like an 11. <laughs> um, the other big NFL story that broke yesterday, Kyle Shanahan um, learned that Jimmy G would not be out for the entire season. It, it's not a list, Frank. They don't have to do surgery on it. Um, so it's going to be a big recovery, um, but much less than what we anticipated, which is awesome news for him in the off season. He'll be good to go right away, so it won't be like last year. I mean, there's that way outside chance, you know, late in the playoffs or something like that, but I'm not really real optimistic about that, but they didn't rule it out. All right. I do like that. Everyone right away. Oh, oh, Jimmy G's going to be back. Jimmy G. And I'm like – by the time, if, if they're still playing at that point in the season, I think Brock Purdy's done a pretty good job, to be honest with you. Uh, meanwhile, um, you know, one other note that we haven't talked about too terribly much, Josh, is in Baker playing. The problem tonight is that he's playing America's team, the Las Vegas Raiders. This is the annual Thursday night where I get all excited only to watch the Raiders get destroyed. I don't even know the last time they won. A, they beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving last year. But I think that was in Derek Carr get hurt on a Thursday night against the Chargers and they got destroyed by Kansas City on a Thursday night. Thursday nights have not been good to the Raiders. But I have a good luck charm tonight, Josh. Have I told you about the the latest addition to my uh to my good luck Raiders stuff? No. What uh what have you added oh, to your good luck personnel? Um <laughs> I would say, by the way, I just got a text from Gabe that I got to share. It just made me laugh hysterically. Um, so last night, I mentioned I was with friends with that church, and also one of, one, of, one of my friends, Charles, says, hey, got something for you. That's Charles, you don't have to give me anything. He's like, no, 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 this is it's not big. You're going to love it. So I go out to his car, talking about the portal. Then he gets there, and he gives me a mug, and he said, I always collected things. And I got, and I've had this, and it's just put away. And I thought of you, and I want you to have it. Not only is it a Raiders coffee mug, Josh, it is a Los Angeles Raiders coffee mug. Wow! Now tell me, 
Tell me that isn't a sign of good things to come for tonight. Huh? It could also be we're a gonna curse, win by but we're going to find out. Right. Hey, Los Angeles Raiders were pretty good during that run. Thanks, Charles. That's uh, that's going in a pretty special place very, in my world. Very, very yeah, thoughtful. Very thoughtful, right? If you have Raiders gear you want to get rid of, hit me up on the air conference. I'm kidding. Um, I'm excited about tonight's game. I'm starting to have that horrible thing happen where I believe again. And if they win on Thursday night, ooh, boy. If they win against the, the Rams tonight, ooh, boy. I might be unbearable tomorrow. So quick break. When we come back, there's a look at some of the stories making headlines this morning. Of course, the big story nationally, Brittany Griner, the United States, and Russia have come to an agreement on a trade. So Brittany Griner is on her way home. And, again, the Thunder fall last night on the road against Memphis. We're talking portal and OU basketball with Joey Helmer next on the ref. All right, it's 11.36, which is a little bit later than we get to Joey. But, hey, man, it's all 24-7 sports all the time this hour. Joey Helmer, OUinsider.com. We add another name to the portal, Joey, as you join us, Jackson Sumlin. Great kid, was a scout team guy most of the year, but I think that brings the total up to 17. So I'm sure there's going to be someone out there workshopping a what's wrong with Oklahoma, 17 guys in the portal. But in reality, I I don't think any of these are a shock at all to this coaching staff or the fan base. I don't think so. I mean, Theo Weiss is the one guy you look and um, kind of see the impact uh, that he's made. But the rest of the guys, it just seems like a normal, hey, I'm looking to, to go somewhere else and um, carve out a role there, and uh, they haven't really done that here. And so um, from that standpoint, it's a positive. Uh, the other thing I would say it, <laughs> is that if you notice by some of the statements that these players are making in their uh, – announcements to go to the transfer portal uh, we saw the the one yesterday that um where was it jogged my memory of what school it was it, it was with, uh, mississippi state with mike leach yeah and the player kind of uh, came out and um you know it, that that was not a positive look on leach's program with some of the things that he said about you know i guess i'm soft or something I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said but You haven't seen any of that from Oklahoma's players. You have seen all of them talking about the direction of the program uh, being in good hands and uh, that the future is bright here at Oklahoma. So I think that is something that needs to be talked about, um, that that culture is being set in place. These guys aren't leaving because of the culture being poor. Exactly. This isn't a situation where you have, like you mentioned, the, the Mississippi State guy talking about basically how his coach said is he's in Mike Lee saying he's not tough and he needs to leave. Uh, these are guys that haven't been able to carve out an itch for themselves, and that happens. Not everyone is going to be a star player. I don't know. There, there's this – I want to see the percentage of how many guys in the portal actually improve their situation. That's the number to me. And, again, it, it might not be for me to say. I mean, they – I feel Butch Jones' champions of life vibes here, right? Someone might say, well, I transferred out, and I met the girl of my dreams, and I got into a major that I really loved. Okay, listen, we can't quantify that in the portal, right, Joey? But from a uh, where they are and even a playing time perspective, I wonder how many guys truly legitimately improve their situation. 
Well, and that's a story two or three years down the line here. We're, I mean, we're, we're getting to the point now to where we can start to, to kind of look at um, guys that have went other places and how that's gone for them. But um, here in two or three years, you're going to have more of a big picture a look of that. And, hey, you know, Spencer Rattler went to South Carolina, and here's how his career turned out. You know, he went to the, the NFL. He went in what ground? Those kinds of things. Caleb Williams, you know, obviously we know how great he is. Um, different names around the country. that You're going to be able to see um, how that's turned out for some of these guys. And I'm interested as well to see, you know, maybe the grass isn't always greener. Uh, maybe you stay at Oklahoma and get your education. And like you said, we're not quantifying it necessarily on those kinds of things as much as we are uh, – actual production on the football field and uh, for the other sports, um, how they produce as well. So, yeah, I think we're getting to that point here in the coming days to where we can kind of have an evaluation of how this whole thing is working out. Mm, I agree. Um, A couple more football ones, and then we'll move on. I know uh, we got some basketball to talk about, but let's let's quickly hit on the OU uh, side of things bowl-wise. It's a challenging bowl matchup. Florida State seems to be ascending and, and, and rolling pretty well. Um, obviously, Oklahoma, there's going to be questions about depth on the defensive line and maybe even some O-line questions. But i got to be honest with you, Joey, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see Javante Barnes get that opportunity. Let's see if a Jaden Gibson. I don't know if a Nick Anderson will be healthy enough offensively to play. But see a Jaden Gibson get that chance. Names like Kip Lewis and Jaron Kinnick. I think, isn't that what this bowl game is all about for Oklahoma? Against Florida State? Yeah, you know, I went on a a Tulsa station earlier this morning, and they asked me kind of a a similar question, like, what does this bowl game really mean for Oklahoma in light of everything that's going on right now with the transfer portal and so many players on their way out? Uh, I I said exactly that. It's about getting those guys that are in the program that are sticking around uh, you know, the J- Javante Barnes, the Danny Stutzmans. It's about getting those guys a firmer footing in this program and establishing themselves. And so as much as it is looking at the scoreboard, I, I don't expect Oklahoma to win this football game. Um, I, I think, honestly, if Oklahoma was fully equipped, I would probably still pick Florida State uh, in this game. I, I think they're a pretty good football team in, in Oklahoma just – has not been, um, quite frankly, what all of us have wanted them to be this year. But you're looking, and Brent Venables has done a great job of this. He's not thinking about just 2022. He's thinking about 23 and 24 and how he's setting this program up moving forward. And for those guys that are going to be in this program moving forward, it's changing the way things are around here. This is an important game for him. So then on that line of thinking, who is it most important for, for those Oklahoma players moving forward? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I named a couple of them there. Uh, you, you look on the, the defensive side of the ball, uh, obviously uh, Billy Bowman is a, another player that I, I think has a chance to really elevate himself to the next level. He's already a really good player. Uh, but you look at the level that he can take himself to next year, um, maybe a couple of those uh, young defensive linemen that 
are going to get in, maybe a Kelvin Gilliam, a guy like that. Um, we'll see. There, there's different players that uh, some that have already made impact this year and have been mainstays, others that uh, maybe haven't had their names called as much um, in that uh, this is an opportunity for them Look, I mean, you look at that defensive line and how many guys that Oklahoma has lost. And uh, for the ones that are still around right now, it's like screaming, hey, if I could uh, step up and flash uh, in this ballgame throughout these 15 practices, that puts me in a good position next year moving forward, even with the really good recruiting class coming in. And so it's, it's more than just – I used this term earlier. It, a lot of people may call it a, a defeatist attitude um, in not looking just at the scoreboard at the end of the game. But to me, it's about the process. And that's more important than what the final score is. And obviously, Oklahoma, if they lose, they'll have their winning season streak snapped and all that. But it's, it's about winning – bigger around here for Oklahoma right now, and that's the next step. And I think one that uh, people, if you would put true serum into them, they'd love to see these younger guys get a chance and take this program to that level that it hasn't been to in quite some time. All right, Joey, two more quick ones and we'll get you out. Joey Helmer, OUinsider.com. Boy, what a what a revolution that – Wait, is that the proper term? Revelation. My gosh, what is wrong with me this week? On the OU basketball court that some of these newcomers have been for Porter Moser. Now, again, we all want to see more fans in the stands. I completely and totally get it. And to me, that they're going to have a nice crowd in Tulsa. But in what we've seen from, obviously, Grant Sherfield, to see Milo Suzan uh, get the start on, what was that, Tuesday night in and what he's become. You know, you want to keep C.J. Nolan and Bijan Cortez happy, but they're going to be major parts of this, too, going forward. And Sam Godwin's been a really, really nice find for them as as a sixth man. I think it's going to be fun to, uh, Saturday between Oklahoma and Arkansas. I think it's going to be fun the rest of the year. It's a good team. It, it is a good team. And uh, Arkansas just lost a lottery pick and so mm-hmm. that levels the playing field in this game this weekend I, I was uh, pretty confident in Arkansas but I, I think Oklahoma's going to give them a run for the money if not win this weekend and uh, this is one you'd like to bank uh, the last two weekends you've had a potential resume game in my opinion that uh, this one against Arkansas and then a Villanova team that's much better than people I think realize um they, by the way, just got their uh, lottery pick back <laughs> who played his first game um, last weekend against o- Oklahoma, unfortunately. And, uh, man, you pull on the tape of that guy, and he's just incredible. That that team's a lot better than, than the 2-5 and five record was when Oklahoma was playing him. So uh, not too bad there. And, obviously, again, this if they, if they can bank this game – this weekend, it would be absolutely huge. When you look at the, the rest of the non-conference uh, schedule, obviously you got a game against Alabama in uh, Florida, who have, I watched a little bit last night. UConn really took care of business against them on the road. But um, Oklahoma could could bank a big win and finish this non-conference off the right way and go into a, I mean, an absolutely daunting Big 12 slate as it always is. Hey, um, 
Joey, I'll let you go on this, and this is kind of a left turn, unless you got something else, Josh, uh, something else, Josh. But I don't, I don't know when Oklahoma might make anything official on the wide receivers, Coach, and I don't know if uh, Ladamian Washington is is going to be that guy, or if they're going to look to bring in someone more experienced. I know everyone was on the Rashad Samples train, and. You know, here's a guy that ends up with, what, Arizona State, and he hadn't coached wide receivers very much. But, I mean, is it is it possible that LaDamian Washington keeps this job? I know I know some people bring up Malcolm Kelly, and I don't know if that's like legit buzz out there or if they're just, you know, trying to connect the dots from a former Sooner to now. But what kind of is your vibe and your gut on what the Sooners are going to do at receiver coach? I never really got that vibe that um... – it was going to be a Malcolm uh, Kelly kind of direction. Same. I just haven't really got that vibe. And um, I, I heard there was some smoke on samples and kind of seemed uh, it was maybe trending that direction. Now I would say it's probably trending um, for it to be L.D. Washington still. I, I think um, just based on what's happened, um, kind of some of the things that You've heard it just reading the tea leaves that all the movement right now, I think that just uh, seems to be the direction. We'll we'll see if that's what ends up happening. But um, the the samples move to Arizona State, I think, was significant in terms of if you're reading how this thing is moving forward. There's a couple other names maybe out there uh, that are possibilities, but. Um, right now, I, I I think it's more than a fifty percent chance that it's Washington. Hmm. All right, buddy. Have a great weekend, Joey. Pump for you, man. Always appreciate your time on the show, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you, Joey Helmer at Joey Helmer two four seven ouinsider dot com. Pump for him to get to watch OU in Arkansas this Saturday in Tulsa. I'm a so tip time is at noon, is that right, or is it 1 o'clock between the Sooners? What am I saying? I've got the freaking OU website up right in front of me. So the, uh, wait for it, uh, the tip time for tomorrow is 1 o'clock. Yeah, doesn't look like I'm going to be able to make it. I was thinking I could, or pardon me, pardon me, 1 Eastern, noon Central time. Why is my ESPN on Eastern? There it is, noon. Yeah, I can't do it. I was thinking I might try to get down and get back for the state championship game, but it's just it's it's going to be impossible for me. I'll have earpod in ear listening to T Row live from UCO tomorrow. Wow, look at that! It is already eleven fifty a.m. We're at Cavens Construction. We'll come back, put a wrap with some really good texts next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Um, all right, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Couple of things. I am shocked slash mad to see Brandon. Uh, well, I've been great on names today. Shocked slash mad to see B. Willis didn't get invited to the Senior Bowl. Um, yeah, me too. I thought he was an automatic. And I don't know if all the invitations are done yet. So, so far, I would wait. And I, and I think what he talked about it in his podcast, I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I'm behind on podcasts listening. But, yeah. Um, several people have pointed out that Jackson Sumlin hits the portal. Okay. Best of luck. I mean, again. Best of luck to Jackson Sumlin, but last year the Sooners were down to just Braden Willis and a couple of freshmen for the final game of the season. Tight end position. He wasn't out there. He would be a great fit at the University of Tulsa.
Realtor Chris, if I was a sophomore or a junior and had not really got a chance to contribute, I would be totally open to leaving and going to a group of five team just for the chance to play because it was my childhood dream to play college football. You might call it, you might not call it a better situation or an improved situation, but I realize I am not going to make a living playing football. I just want to say I played college football and contributed. Now, I would say, I would say, Realtor Chris, to your point, I would consider those guys that bettered their situation. To your point, you're not necessarily playing at a bigger school, but you leave and you're going to a better situation. The problem in that is sometimes then fans go, oh, well, if we just would have played him, look what he did here. Well, yeah, he's doing it at a non-Power 5 school, so there's obviously some caveats to it. You know, But no, no, I, I would consider that if you go to a place and you ball out and you play a lot and you play more and you're an integral part of that team, you've bettered your situation. But just from a just from a playing time perspective. That's what a lot of these guys are looking for. I'd be curious to look at the percentage of people, Josh, that are going into the portal and just trying to find a spot to where they can play more, guys that are in it for more money, the percentage of guys that are in it because they weren't wanted at the place that they were. You know, how many guys are actually choosing to be in the portal and how many of them in a roundabout way have had it chosen for them? And I think that's a fascinating question. Correct me if I'm wrong as we head out the door here. I think a lot of times when you say they're not bettering their situation, you're not you're not talking about folks that are frankly realistic about what their situation is. I mean, if you're exactly. going from Power 5 to Group of 5 to play, okay, I think most everybody understands that. But it's those that sure. are leaving in Oklahoma to go to another Power 5 with this idea that basically they didn't have it good enough at the University of Oklahoma. You know, one one guy that's really worked out for, one and a half, Caleb Williams, <laughs> and maybe Mario Williams at that point. But it helped them out a lot that their coach went there too. Just doesn't happen very often. All right, hey, listen, we got to go. Steel Man and Thune at Noon are coming up next. For Josh on Plank, we'll see you tomorrow, Tulsa. This is the Home of Sooner Fans.